up, guys? Welcome to another episode of The Grind Podcast, where I talk about hunting, entrepreneurship, fitness, and the daily grind, what it takes to earn success. And today we have a special guest in Sean Hayward, who made his way up from Bluffdale-ish, oh, point yeah. of the mountain, drove up here, told me he had to beat the storm. And so I get into the gym this morning, and I, I kind of take, take just a little bit of a survey of who's at the gym. You know, you have the usual people, the people you talk to, the people you don't talk to. And I see the old bull there on the treadmill, hiking incline <laughs> on it. And, and I went up and I was like, I've seen him there at my gym before. And uh, just seeing him there doing his thing, it was good to see you. So he was doing legs today. And I was like, hey, man, come find me when you're done. And we're going to do some finishers. And so... We set up the sleds today to do some finishers. We started, we, so it's just big sled. I don't know how heavy it is, but it's on the AstroTurf there. I start out with two plates, go down and back. So we go down and back. And we put four plates on and go down and back. And by that time, you're, and you go as hard as you can all the way to the end of the AstroTurf and, and back. And you go as hard as you can. You can literally feel the outline of your lungs. And I'm 35 years old. Sean's almost 46, and man, I got to say, the dude's tough. He's in great shape. Um, so we go down and back, and then we, we take two plates off, so we just have two plates, and then we go four times. Dude, I was smoked. <laughs> I was. How did you feel? Well, be to, honest. Don't try to be tough right now. Oh, I'm not going to be tough because today was leg day, and to, to finish with that, I was, I was smoked. smoked. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. yeah. Sean left. He had to go run an errand, and uh, – after he left, I, sat, I, I waited till he left, and then I uh, cuddled up in the fetal position, <laughs> and I was sick. I bet you I laid there for five minutes. I had, all, I was, had that nausea in my neck and head, and then I came home, and uh, sorry for this graphic re- representation, <laughs> but I, I sat on the toilet, and then I went in my wife's bedroom and was like, I'm sick. I'm sick. I can't get the kids breakfast. Laid there for probably another 10 minutes. I was sick, dude. I went hard in the paint. Oh, legs are, legs are brutal. Leg day, too. Yeah, on top of that. Yeah, so we got a, we got a little uh, uh, morning workout in before we did this podcast together. Um, but Sean, uh, I met Sean uh, three. Let's see, three years three ago. Three years ago. Three years ago. Now, we shared the same room <laughs> in Mexico. This guy walks in. This brand new Kuyu. I'm like, who is this guy? You know. And I, I no, I'd actually seen him on social media years before, and I, I'd seen the box he'd been taken with Spencer. Uh, down in Mexico, um, and I've been to Mexico twice before unsuccessfully, um, and and saw, saw Sean's successful track record with Spencer, and then we end up, lo and behold, we're down there the same week, sharing the same room, and I found out something really quick with Sean. You had to beat him to bed. <laughs> if you don't beat him to bed, this guy will snore you out of the room. <laughs> That's new news to me. <laughs> yeah, he will snore you out of the room. I, I learned that like day two, day three. I'm like, okay, I got to beat this sucker to bed. I got to beat this sucker to bed. But Sean has an affinity for big mule there. How did how did that start for you? Since I could walk, I just have always had a passion for hunting mule deer. I love the grind. Just, you know, the everything it takes to, to take a mule, big mule deer, it's just, it's unexplainable. I mean, you guys, the, you guys that do it, you know where I'm coming from. It's a bug. Yeah. Addiction, you know, and, and, uh they're all different to yeah. me, you know, every, I've killed multiple 200s and every buck is different, Yeah, you know, which makes, makes it way cool versus, you know, elk, deer, you know, elk, whitetails, you know, right. other things. Yeah, absolutely. So your, your dad, how'd you get started as a kid? I mean, my, my grandfather. Oh, cool. yeah. Yeah. I that. was, Same I thing, grew up with a gun in my hand. 
second I could walk. So that's kind of where it all started. And the old Jeeps going down the roads, you know, nice. the windshields down, the old school stuff. That's that's how I started. You, you hunted here in Utah growing up? Yeah. That's yep. cool. Rifle season, probably. Yep. That's cool. Yep. That's awesome, man. And then a um, little bit more background about Sean. Sean's a successful business owner. Let's talk a little bit about your background and, and, and your success. Um, maybe your profession, how you started that, how long you've been going at that. Yeah, I'm a heavy highway contractor, and uh, I didn't really, really wasn't raised around it. I just, one of those deals, bought a backhoe and a dump truck and started from scratch and built it from the ground up. And it's kind of like hunting, right? I just... You put the grind in and the work in, and I grew build it, the business, build the business, and grew it to where it was, and yeah, here we are. Which has afforded you to be able to go out and chase these mule deer. Oh yeah, yeah. You gotta, you know, you you work hard to play hard. That's kind of my model. Yeah. So a, a little bit, even diving deeper to give you a little bit, Sean. You, you guys are probably hearing Sean, con, highway contractor, uh, big money. You know, he can go on these big hunts. But I'll tell you this about Sean. He does DIY hunts too. He'll he'll go out and grind it out on DIY public land. Yeah, he has he has the opportunity because of his success that he can go down and do multiple hunts in Mexico. But I just I just want to give you that about Sean that he goes out on public land anytime he can, unguided, and he'll go out and grind on public land too. Them are actually probably my favorite hunts, to be honest with you. Like I, I like that 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 grind of the three AM burning miles in the pickup with a horse trailer on saddling horses in the dark i mean i've i live for that stuff and i mean this year we shot a 170 buck my my boy did on a muzzleloader hunt and it was like killing a 200 to me just oh, yeah. just the experience and you know the grind and the work that it takes you know yeah absolutely i mean anytime on public land especially with the muzzleloader yeah. that you can put a, a buck down like that and you know what's cool about how you do it is kind of how we did it growing up um uh I hunted on a horse, my a saddle horse, my entire life. Yeah. In fact, I didn't. I didn't strap on a backpack until I was probably twenty five years old, which was only <laughs> ten years ago, which isn't that long ago. Yeah. I didn't know that much about backpack hunting. Yeah. Um, you know, horses can be a, a curse and a blessing. Um, you've probably had a rodeo or two on the mountain, just oh, like boy. I have. Uh, they can be dangerous, and but sometimes they can be uh, lifesavers too, and getting your butt out of there, and, and especially packing animals out. But yeah, I just kind of wanted to preface this by saying, hey, Sean's not just this big money guy that goes down to Mexico. He'll he'll grind it out here in the lower forty-eight on public land with his boys, and he's got two sons. Yeah, and I I like I like to do it so they learn right too. I mean I mean that's part of my success with mule deer too. Is I I started like that, you know, on public land, and I still do it, and it teaches you teaches you how to be a better hunter. Yeah. Yeah, teaches you absolutely how to be a bit better hunter. And mm-hmm. the thing about mule deer is, dude, they're so hard to hunt. Oh, gosh, from a from a velvet mule deer to a pre rut mule deer to a rut mule deer, um, a lot of people think that knocking a big mule deer down in the rut's easy too. It's like, mm-hmm. no, it ain't. They're unpredictable, no. especially in Mexico, which will segue into Mexico. But a buck can be on one ranch, call it, because there's no public land in Mexico, just for the record. He could be on one ranch, and he could be 15 miles on a different ranch, and three days later, two days later, a day later. Never see him again, yeah. And, and never see him again. Mm-hmm. So, um, Sean was down there when I killed my, my big, he's just under 200 typical. Uh, I killed that 170 buck, inline buck. And, you know, honestly, and I tell people this about Mexico all the time, it's a grind. Um, there's no guarantees in Mexico just because you go to the ranch, go with the outfit, Um there's no guarantees. It's so unpredictable. Um, it's flat. 
you know, you're a lot of times stuck in a high rack, which I, I don't really love that method. I'll, I'll do whatever it takes to be successful. I don't really love that method. It's like bouncing around on that high rack uh, with your eyes bleeding and the small of your back just gets just, oh yeah, just jacked up from, from bouncing around on that thing. But a uh, point with me bringing that up is flat. It's, it's not like you're out grinding hills. Now you can get up high in glass um, a little bit, but you know, I can't remember. I don't think you tell me about our trip together. You, you had an opportunity to stud. Yeah. Well that year that we were out there, Eric, I, uh, if you remember right, I missed that, that wide buck, that, that nineties deer that was mid thirties. I missed him from like seven fifty eight hundred 800 yards. Yeah. A bunch of times. Yeah. And it, th- <laughs> then he went out to a thousand, didn't he? He went out to a thousand. I mean, we were, we were within inches of grazing this deer yeah. putting him down and he, and he i had to watch him walk off super cool deer and then uh last year which would have been uh 2020 would the year after me and you were out there yeah i was able to take him in uh oh my god on, on the same ranch i found the same deer and he was actually probably i'll bet you seven to ten miles away from where i'd missed him yeah. before that buck's ridiculous yeah and he's 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 one of my favorite deer you know he's 36 and a half wide and yeah I finally saw him on your wall. Yeah. In fact, you brought him over to my house last year. I did, yeah. You brought your big, heavy, compact one, and you brought that wide one. Yeah. And I just saw him mounted at your, uh, what is it, your shop in the back? Yeah, I just barely got him back about a week ago. Gosh, he looks good. Yeah, he's 36 cool. wide? 36 and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Is he one, how big mid-90s. is he? Mid-90s. Is he mid-90s? Yeah, but he looks, I mean, the deer looks over too, just because he he's looks so framey. He's not oh, super heavy. Yeah. Just average mass. He's, yeah, he's a, he's a cool deer. And then that compact buck, you know, he was two hundred five. Is he really? And he's only got a twenty inch inside spread. Yeah, he he brought those two bucks over. And super like, super good mass. You know, and here's here's the thing. I I want to go down with Spencer every single year, and I think Spencer would allow me to go down there every single year. Uh, he's a great guy, and I and I push him hard because I believe in what Spencer does. But I've just been having babies in January. <laughs> I'm just I'm just at that point in my life where I've just been having babies. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a process getting down there, you know. And every every time, you know, everybody knows how it is. You go across the border too. It's 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 different in Mexico. Yeah, know? yeah, it's it's different. It's in a Mexico. grind from the travel to the hunt to you know, unless you've really been out there, people don't they don't quite understand. They know? don't quite understand. Yeah. yeah, there's there's absolutely no guarantees. But one thing that I want to bring up with you is consistency. So what I'm hearing from you is you've put in the work, you put in the time, you you set the money aside to go down there, and you're getting to know his ranches. You're getting to know the deer that's down there. Mm-hmm. You're hunting the same deer year after year, which tells you not only that, you know, Spencer has some good ranches, but also that you're putting in the work to be consistent. You, If you don't show up, you can't kill. For sure. If you show up one time and expect to kill some giants and, and you don't, you go home and say, I'm never going back to Mexico again, you're probably doing it wrong. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, and I think, like, Spencer does a really, really good job down there, you know, as far as managing his ranches and and whatnot so i mean that helps but the biggest thing with mexico is you got to go down there with no expectations yeah and, and i tell everybody that because everybody thinks you pay you get on a plane you go there and it's it's mule deer winter wonderland and that's not right. the case i mean you've got to go down there with no expectations and you got to grind it out no different than than any other hunt you know and sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't that's yeah. just the way it works you know? yeah that's just the way it works and that's mm-hmm. hunting yeah that's hunting doesn't matter if you spend a fortune. Yep. Uh, there's no guarantees. For sure. Might be a guarantee on a high fence or something like that. But that's, this is all low fence, by the way. Just free range, low fence, wild mule deer raising the wild. Yeah, and they get chased by coyotes, lions, hunters, 
all the things. And then they rut, and like like Eric said, I mean, a lot of times these deer will move, you know, 30, 40 miles. Yeah, they, they, it, it's crazy down there. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's really cold in the mornings. Like, we're talking freeze your balls off cold, and then it gets really warm, uncomfortable during the day. Then you get blasted by that sun. Well, you know, the other thing where people struggle down there, too, is you don't see a lot of deer in Mexico. There's no, you been don't. There's been days and trips I've been out there where I might not see a deer. Might go a day or two, not see a deer. Yeah. And, felt like i've picked every bush apart you know and yeah it's just right place right time and like you're saying getting yourself out there and being patient yeah i think i went three three four days without trip with spencer and i didn't even see a buck yet and then it just happens and then, it, <laughs> then it just happens and then you're on cloud nine yeah one of my favorite parts about mexico though is the food honestly oh it's unreal it is so stinking good yeah. you can get fat real fast it, it's definitely like the old west that's the one thing i like about it it's just it's it's like being back 20 years you know yeah it's pretty it, cool. It it is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but you know, Mexico can also be a nightmare. I th- we've talked about that on, on a podcast I did with Spencer. We don't really need to touch on that because Spencer has a phenomenal reputation. But uh, yeah, so let's talk about those misses, okay? So I, when you came back to the room that night and you're like, dude, I missed this buck. He's a giant. He's like eight, nine thousand. And I'm like, not to pick on any manufacturers here, right? But I'm like, well, what's your gun setup? You know, you know, because I'm kind of a nerd about long range and i'm not the best long range guy in the world but i know enough to be deadly and uh i think you're shooting a were you shooting a rum 300 weatherby i was a weatherby i was shooting a 300 weatherby at the time 300 weatherby yep okay um and how were you doing your dope back then did you just have a chart on your gun that a range chart that's all i had on it at the time and were you you did you have turrets I had turrets. You did have turrets on that gun? Yeah. I couldn't remember if you had turrets. Yeah, and that gun was, you know, I think it was good out to seven, 800, but I mean. Yeah, past that. It just, yeah, it just, I just don't think it was set up to go past that. Yeah, either. and I think that's where you and I had some of the initial conversations. I said, once you're getting past some of those distances with this particular setup, you're doing too much guessing. Yes. Um, and I think that's when I got you turned into a, well, I think you were going to, I was like, dude, let's build you a gun. And I think you, uh, I think you went out and. You needed a gun sooner than later. You went out and bought a Gunworks, I believe. I did. And then I think I had you, I built you a, a TS Customs 300 PRC. Yeah, and I freaking love it. Dude, it you is, are is. deadly with that thing. Yeah, I mean, I've killed, I, I mean, five, six different animals with it. And I mean, it's just, it's a lights out gun. I freaking yep. love it. Yeah, that thing's shooting bullet holes yeah. at 100 I, yards. I actually killed a buck this year with it at like 850. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's sweet. Yeah. So that that was kind of the journey. Now, now your boys got one. Now you got a six five PRC being built. Yeah, I I, I don't, now Spencer's got TS Custom rifles down there. They're they're awesome for sure. I I I love that gun. That's good. I'm, I'm glad you're enjoying that. But yeah, that's kind of how Sean's relationship with uh with me kind of started. Was <laughs> yeah, I just had to beat the old snore, the old bull to bed <laughs> at night, and kind of got to know him a little bit that way and we kind of shared our stories and love and passion for mule deer i think that's when i started my recruitment for you to come on an ibex hunt too it was you were kind of like who's this guy with this ancient gun that showed up here missing out these deer? <laughs> well i remember thinking of that thing i'm like what the heck's that he's got that i'm like that's got to blow your eardrums out i'm like that sucker's heavy i'm like dude I'll, I'll help you and it won't cost you as much money um but you went down last year uh killed that wide buck Mm-hmm. Killed that compact buck. Killed the 205. Past this buck that we're looking at here on the floor. So Sean brought his, uh, this year's, well, I guess it was, you shot it last month. Or it was November. Then, I, I shot it at the end of November. Yeah. End of November, 2021. I'm looking at this deer, and this deer is one of the most unreal 
uh, specimen in terms of mule deer that I've ever seen or witnessed. Oh, he's he's unreal. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about how this buck came to be. Um, what's the name of this buck? Peligro. What's he score? Two forty one six eights. That is insane. I'm I'm looking at this buck right now. Forty two inches of mass. You said forty two. Yep. Got a I don't know. Looks like perhaps a ten eleven inch inline on the right back of that main beam. Yeah, pretty close. Ridiculous front forks that both split on the main beam and the G3. Uh, the the one G3 doesn't split, but both main beams split. Got a double eye guard and just unreal, unreal heavy. And you passed this buck the year before. Yeah, so the same ranch where we took this deer, I, uh, I'd i been hunting a deer for the last three years that I've just been hell-bent on, on trying to kill. And we called him Amigo, and he's he's still Roman, believe it or not. Really? Yeah, and uh, you know he's a two thirty plus type type buck, and I had my mind just set on that deer. And no one's seen him this season yet. Uh, has Spencer seen him? He has seen him, and he's just a wily, smart sucker. Nobody, they couldn't get a, nobody can get a hole in him. Yeah, and so the problem is the deer leaves during the rut, and so oh. he'll probably he'll probably make it another year. Be my guess. You got to kill him early if you're going to yeah. kill him. Yeah, and so I, I, that's kind of that was kind of been my target buck out there on that ranch last three years and so me and spencer let this deer go um last year and he was he was you know pushing high 90s last year and then he just freaking blew up this year i mean just gosh is that crazy yeah. how they could just blow up it is especially in a drought year yeah well this year they had quite a bit of moisture oh did there. they have quite yeah a bit? and it just yeah he just he just blew up and and so i instantly changed like you know if i would have seen them ego i definitely would have just out of how hard we've been hunting him, I would have killed him for sure, but this buck presented himself first and You're just like that's all she wrote. <laughs> I'm I'm taking it. Yeah. So you you know, it's funny how sometimes you have to pass a pass a deer one year that's nearly a two hundred inch deer. Most people don't have uh the self discipline to do that. Yeah. And most outfitters don't want that to happen. But I think with a guy who has a track record of going down there and being as successful as you have with mm-hmm. mule deer, you're not as itchy yeah. to do it. Mm-hmm. You're a little bit more patient, you know. You're not a you well, know twenty eight year old guy trying to kill a one ninety buck. You're you're I mean, you're successful forty five year old man who you know, as you get older you get a little more patient, let's be honest. It's true. And that that helps. I mean, you know, the other thing is too, I wanted I wanted to be respectful of the outfitter too, because I knew the deer last year was probably five. Mm-hmm. And I knew we knew he had potential. And I mean, and you gotta let those type of deer with real good genetics that are, you know, right there at that crest of being a giant. Yeah. You got you got to give them that extra year or two to to get there, right? So, yeah. And I mean, in Spencer, you know, he didn't want to kill him, and I was like, "Well, let's let him go," and it paid off. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. This this buck is simply unreal. Yeah, holding it right now. I, what's the frame? Uh, what? How wide is he? I just He's just under thirty two on his on his main frame. Oh my gosh! Yeah, the mass that he has on his main beam is just insane. Yeah, and and I'm I'd have to, I'd have to look at the scores. He might be forty four inches of mass. I I'd have to look at the sheet. I, I think it is. 44, 44. 44. So it is 44 yeah. inches of mass, huh? And what yeah. are you, what are you going to do with this buck? I'm going to do, I'm going to do a full body on him. Yeah, for sure. And put, get him in my trophy room. Put him on the wall or is he going to be on the floor? I'm going to build like a rock feature that comes down off that big cliff that I got in there uh-huh. and, and put him in there. It'll be, it'll be pretty sweet. Who's building all that stuff for you? Uh, Frank from Trophy Craft has done all that work in my room. It's phenomenal. Does Frank do that full time? Yeah. And he builds pedestals and, and whatnot. Yeah, he does a great, great job. So you killed this buck on day one, or how did it kind of go down? Did you, day did two, we we'd kind of been watching him, and then uh, yeah, we just we kind of just sat him out, and we glassed him up, and went s- in, smoked him. You glassed him up there. Yeah. 
and yep. got in close. Yep. You shot him at what, 80 yards? No, it's like 260. 260? Yeah. 6.5 PRC? Yep, 6.5 PRC. And, was yep. it Hornady LDX? Yep. And he didn't even move right down. <laughs> Front shoulders? Yeah. Behind the shoulder? Uh, high shoulder shot. Oh, dude. Yeah, and he was, it was game over. It's probably the I've fall. Never, I've never seen a deer go down so fast and not, and just. Those LDXs are vicious, man. Oh, man. Especially you get past 200 yards. I mean, at first we thought maybe I'd headshot him, and for some stupid reason I always end up doing that a lot of times. It's <laughs> <laughs> Face shot. <laughs> I mean, Sean actually aims behind the ear. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I killed that wide buck. I actually split his skull cap. <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, I guess I think I do remember that. Yeah. He was running out through the flats at like three something and I ended up splitting his skull cap. Splitting his I was, skull. I was pissed. So he could have been, dude, he could have been 50 wide if he wanted to be. <laughs> 90 to 180 yeah. degree. Yeah. So he went down, front shoulder shot, horny LEX, which, yeah, that. That, that bullet does a phenomenal job transferring the energy, especially yeah. if you hit both shoulders. It's oh, lights out, too. Oh, yeah. He was done. Did you guys film the kill shot? We didn't. Dang. No. I mean, a lot going on out there. And oh, yeah. We just... I, I've killed... I, you know, I have filmed a lot of my other kill shots, but unfortunately, we didn't get this one. Did you Did you have the Mexican guys with you? No, it was just me and Spence. Just you and Spencer? Yeah. That's cool. They were there, but they were they were off looking at some other stuff. So, they were? Yeah, okay. Out scouting. Dude, this... Yeah, this. So tell me how you felt. Like, obviously, your mule deer journey. Let, let's talk about the pinnacles of your mule deer journey. So, some of the, uh, what should I say, Mount Rushmore bucks for you. <laughs> okay. And then led to this. And tell me how you kind of felt at each stage of that Mount Rushmore buck. Okay. So, I know about the Wyoming deer. What other ones are on Mount Rushmore? So, for you? Wy- Wyoming deer, I want to talk about that. <laughs> you do or don't? I do. Okay. So, that deer's got a special place for me. That. He's two, just under two nineteen, and that was kind of like that was my dream buck. Yeah, at the time, and I, I, I thought I'd never, I'd never beat him. And Spencer, like there again, had a lot to do with that deer. He, he guided me on it. I was down to my last day in Wyoming, uh-huh. and uh, probably one of the coolest deer I'll probably ever kill. And and uh, it was kind of crunch time. Yeah, we're out of time. We're we're going up through. I mean, we're at like ten thousand feet, not a track. Not a freaking track on the ground and a foot of snow. So we're like, there's no deer up here. Yeah. And literally, like out of nowhere, that we catch this deer going up over the saddle. And I mean, and we're thinking, you know, 90s, maybe high 90s, you know, yeah. it was one of them quick shots. And, yeah. And uh, so we get this deer on the ground and I... I you just knew he was big. You yeah, didn't know how big. Knew he was big. And then, yeah, and then once we got him on the ground, it was like... I was just amazed. I was like, I, I thought I'd never beat that deer. I mean, you know, two twenty deers, huge. Nice. It's huge, yeah. And he's yeah. way cool. And so that kind of like set the bar, you know. And yeah. I was kind of like, kind of gave you probably an addiction. It did. There's not. I will say this: like when you finally get a big one on the ground, there's no feeling like it. There's you're just no like, one. why would I ever? Why would I ever shoot something small? Because I you're know. like, I want to strive for this greatness. Yeah. It kind of, you know, and that's the thing. Like, I think once you get one. A, a real big one on the ground. I think that, I think your patience just, you now, once you like know what it takes to do it, your, your patience just get better and better and better. Right. Cause you've already been there, done that. So it's easier to let them 180, 190 deer, let them walk off. Right. Because, right. but now, I mean, now you're, you know, when you're hunting, you're, you're not wanting to shoot anything unless it's two plus. Right. That's, that's hard. Way know? hard because yeah. it, you might not even find a deer like that all season. You got to love what you do. You got to love what you're doing to, to let deer like that go. I mean, because I mean, yeah. more than likely you're going to be unsuccessful, right? Yeah. More than likely. <laughs> Definitely. So, 
But you can't you can't shoot a giant if you're shooting you know one seventy bucks. You got, you got to let them go and you got to let them grow too. I you mean, know, one seventy buck is a phenomenal animal. It is, especially on public. Especially you know. on public, that's a great great animal. Yep. Um. So yeah, that that buck kind of that was. You think that buck is what kind of like fueled the addiction for giants? Is that what I got think, you going down to Mexico? I think, I think so. But I mean, I've been. I did a lot of early on in my my you know my high twenties and early thirties. I did a ton of back country stuff up in Wyoming and then here in Utah and I mean I've and I'd killed quite a few deer in the eighties and and nineties on do it yourself stuff and I mean that's a huge accomplishment. I mean huge, hats, man. hats hats off to the guys that are still out there doing I mean it's freaking there's nothing better than than that grind. You know what I mean? And, it's tough. And I've been from that category to this to like you're saying, paying for hunts and I've been I've been the guy out there, you know, walking at three AM and and you know, scale on the highest peak just to just to get that chance, and happier in hell when you smoke a one eighty, and I think it's freaking awesome. But yeah, that's kind of where it all started, you know. And then mm-hmm. you, it's like anything else; you set goals, and you kind of don't stop till you get there, right? Yeah, definitely. So, what's the next Mount Rushmore buck? Well, I got to break two forty one. <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You got to break two forty one. So this this guy sits at the top of Mount Rushmore. Yeah, that Wyoming two nineteen okay. buck sits number two. What's number three and four? Probably, you know, this this is kind of funny. I'm I'm going to back up, and this deer didn't even go 200. Really? That's okay, though. Yeah. Let's hear about I that. I did a I did a do it yourself hunt back early 2000s, and it's it's on my public unit. It's it was frame pack hunt, muzzleloader hunt. Oh, cool. I'd watch the deer two three months. Huh. And uh, you know, I patterned him, and I finally I killed him with the muzzleloader. He ended up being like a 195 typical. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, That's uh, an accomplishment. Yeah, that was ninety-five typical yeah, with a muzzleloader. Yeah, on public. I promise. Early two thousands, yeah. and that was before any of these two hundred. But that that buck there kind of, kind of set the fire. You know what I mean? That's probably one of the more special bucks. Oh, and it was one of those one of those deals. You know, left at three in the morning, slept on the mountain. You know, just grinded it out. You know, three hour pack out. Yeah. In the dark. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it was Good one of those you, type man. of hunts. So. How far? What was the shot like? Like when? How'd you? How'd you? How'd you, actu- you eventually get him? It was killed? actually fast. I'd seen him in a in a real high basin up in this, you know, up in these cliffs, and uh, I'd seen him there on the bow hunt in the summer, and then he wasn't there, so I kind of just popped into an area where I thought he was, and there he was. And I jumped him out of his bed at like ninety yards, and, oh, like, really? and got like a split second shot at him, and, and smoked, and smoked him. Yeah, open sight. Yeah, back then. Oh my yeah. gosh! Okay, that that's pretty darn yeah. cool. So that that buck means a lot to me, even though he's not two hundred. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, dude, he he, and he should, and yeah. he should. I mean, and you know, regulations across the West for muzzleloaders have changed significantly. And the oh, fact yeah. that you jumped him out of his bed with a muzzleloader and smoked him. Yeah. Where'd you hit him? I actually hit him kind of far back. I had to put another one in him because he was Did going you? away from me. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, I tracked him down and. End up having to quarter mount and gun. Yeah, I, th- I think that's probably cool. one of my favorite stories. Yeah, right pretty there. Cool. That's, that's pretty cool. Okay, Mount Rushmore, buck number four. There's four presidents on P- Mount Rushmore. We've got three Sean Hayward bucks on Mount Rushmore. What is buck number four? I'd probably say the wide buck. You know, and the wide buck. Yeah, just, over the 200 inch flame buck. Yeah, and the reason I say that nothing's like getting a second chance. Dude. And and you've been in Mexico, Eric. Like it, to to turn a buck up the next year, it's kind of cool, huh? It's yeah. And then, you know, and then I'd we'd had him on camera, you know, last year when I took him, and like I, I was pretty, and I'd already, I was pretty hell bent on taking that deer just because I missed him. 
you yeah. know what I mean? And, and to get that second chance and it, it paid off. And so I'd probably say that he's probably that next deer, you know, the flame yeah. buck's cool. Though. I mean, he's two five and narrow and tall. I mean, he's so cool, but yeah, but to get a second chance. And so the, the big wide 36 yeah. inch, that's, that's buck number four. Yeah. That'd be what I would say. Okay. How did you feel? Talk about the emotion that you felt. You know, I, I've seen, I've seen you chase hard. Okay. And yeah. I've seen you be unsuccessful down in Mexico as well. Talk about how you felt when you walked up on this buck. Like what, what was like, what was like some of the emotions that you experienced? I knew instantly I'd kill the buck of a lifetime. Yeah. And when they start growing on the ground and, and some, some people know that feeling like when you shoot something and, you know, we kind of maybe thought he was two twenties, mm. you know, no, you knew he was big. We knew he was big. And I mean, it's two twenties, a giant, but that's kind of, we always like to under guess, right? Right. So you're not disappointed. But then as we start taping him and just holding him and being around the deer where he just kept growing. Yeah. And so I was just like, just, in, I was kind of, I was on cloud nine for a while. I still am. The deer, the deer stays in my bedroom with me half the time. I Does won't, he? I won't even put him in the trophy room. <laughs> You're like, babe, I need to wake up to this thing. I mean, yeah. that's, I mean, think about your life until now. If I, if I stared at a buck in my master bedroom like this, I would think about all the sweat, all the blood, sweat, and in years that it took from me starting a business to grinding it out through recessions, um, all the personal challenges of starting a family, being married oh, yeah. and the grind that you spent hunting down in Mexico, early morning, sleepless nights, plane, plane rides, dealing with customs to be able to finally pull something like that off. This, this is, this is the definition of hard work and grind. Oh, right yeah. there. I don't, I, I don't care. That. I don't care if it's Mexico. I don't care if you paid for this hunt. This is the definition of hard work yeah. right here. I appreciate that. Yeah. Cause you know, it's, it takes a lot, you know, and it takes a lot and hats off to old Mexico hunting co and Spencer, like them guys, they, they do a phenomenal job down yeah. there. I mean, them guys are, they, they really, really put the work in down yeah. there. Yeah. And you know what? Here's, here's the truth. I'm just going to put this on the record here. If you're saying something like, oh, he paid for that or this or that or the other, I'm like, number one, you're jealous. Okay. Mm -hmm. Number two, you're obviously don't have the means to do this. So you're jealous again. And here's the other thing. Um, losers get together in little groups and talk about winners. Yeah, you're right. And you're a winner. I appreciate that. Absolutely. So, um, but that's pretty neat, man. There's a guy that deserves this, the, 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 uh, success. It's you. I got one more. All right. Uh-oh. <laughs> For just, Mush Mount Rushmore? Yeah. This okay. One, we don't got room on there. I know. Put it, put him on the, put him on the cliff, but I got to talk about this. Okay. And it's embarrassing. Okay. Let's hear it. But the Francis Buck I killed last year on Enzyme. Oh, shoot, dude. I forgot about him. Uh, yeah. You he's, how come you didn't bring him to show me? He's, he's 204. Wow. And, uh, you know, I, I hunted Enzyme last year and we i mean we'd spent a week looking for this deer i mean didn't only see him once we could not freaking turn him up and this is kind of like the wide buck yeah could not turn him up and and tanner you know he's he's the main guide up there for enzyme one of the best mule deer guys i've been around too and i mean we picked that place apart mm -hmm. finally like day seven mm -hmm. we find the buck mm. and i mean it is a downpour and i really? think i remember, remember remember my scope went bad on me and I think I told you about it. Anyways, yeah, I think you did tell me about that. It's a downpour. We find the buck eight miles away from where they'd seen him. Another really? weird deal. Deer's all by himself. He beds down, and, I mean, it's like a downpour. I mean, I'm laying in the sagebrush, me and Tanner. For did like, you have that 300 PRC then? I had the gun works. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, and we're laying in the sagebrush, and the deer's laid down. It's like 470. It's getting dark. I mean, they're just pounding rain on us. Finally, right at dark, right at dark, the deer stands up. My scope's pretty much fogged in. I could still see through it for the shot. Oh. And I miss. You missed. <laughs> I missed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What, no, what caliber was that? It was 300 PRC. Was it? I don't know what happened. I mean, I was on him. We were dialed in. I mean, dead rest. I don't. I still, to this day, don't know what happened. Really? Period. Yeah. So I missed the deer. What happened? You run off? Yeah, and it was still. It was kind of dark. He kind of uh-huh. ran to where I couldn't get another shot. My okay. scope was pretty foggy. So the next day, we find him again. Oh, redemption. Yeah, about another probably mile and a half from where I'd missed him, and we ended up sneaking in on him and ended up getting a hole in him and, and getting him taken. But that, that's a pretty cool story too, though, because that, that's the second chance. I haven't seen that buck. Yeah, he's I mean, cool. Yeah. Hey, dude, you need to leave this in my booth this year at okay. the Hunt Expo. That's totally cool. He's not spoken for, is no. he? No, and I got replicas too. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Kobe did you some replicas. Mm-hmm. Kobe does a great job. Yep. Um, yeah, guys, I didn't I didn't mention this yet, but um, check out base map. I always talk about base map. I'm a true believer in base map. I think it's a superior product um, above uh, on X. And I'm going to show you something, Sean, before we go. Base map has this new nav cam feature. Okay, and and here's why it's super cool. So you go into base map, you go to tools, you go to remote markers. And then you type in a yardage. So let's give you a scenario here. You're hunting Mexico. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're in the U.S. or not. You're hunting Mexico. You're on top of a plateau and you smoke this buck. So what you do, you range the buck to see where it is. And you're thinking, gosh, it's, it's across two little goalies and, and a drainage, another little finger. I don't know. I hope I can get over there and find this buck. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. So you range him to where the buck went down and where you last saw him. Let's say it's 800 yards. Okay. And then you type in the range on base map. So you type in 800 yards, and a camera feature comes up with an azimuth with a crosshair. So you can actually, you could, you could put it on your phone scope and position that nav cam, is what they're calling it, where that buck went down. And you can place a marker within one degree of where that buck goes down. Oh, wow. And so it drops a pin on your map. And then you get over there, you'll be within one degree, which is usually about 10, 20 feet. Yep. And you can get right over there. It's There's so many. That is so cool because, I mean, a lot of a lot of times, like, people lose stuff just from. Yep. They don't know where to go look. Is it yeah. this bush? Was that bush? Was it, it this high? It was it changes. that low? It'll literally put a marker or a waypoint, whatever you want to call it, on the map, whether in the U.S., Mexico, whatever, and mark that. That is freaking sweet. It's pretty cool. I'll show it to you yeah. before we go. It's a new feature. It's only been out a month. So, wow. uh, basemap.com forward slash Muley Freak. You get 20% off that. They give us a little bit of kickback. So, if you want to support us, support the show, buy Basemap. And if you're way invested on X, transfer your waypoints over to Basemap in like two minutes. Okay. All your tracks, waypoints, everything else. So, awesome. Yeah, guys. Um, super pumped that Sean made the trip up here. I was, I was stoked to be able to get a workout with him. That, <laughs> that, should, be the, that should be the new thing. If you're going to come up and do a <laughs> podcast with Eric, you got to do a workout with Eric before. Hit that the, that was ironic, wasn't it? Yeah, that kind of worked out <laughs> nice. It, that might be that might be the new thing for me. Yeah, there you go. Guys, leave leave a comment. Send me a personal email, Eric with a K at MuleyFreak.com. Subscribe to this podcast. Leave us a review. Let us know what you guys would like to hear. We want, I want to hear more from you guys. So, Sean, thanks for making the trip down. Safe travels. Can't wait to see this buck at the expo. If you guys want to get your hands on this buck, it's going to be in the Muley Freak booth. At the Western Hunt Expo, that is happening this year in Salt Lake City, uh, February 10th through the 13th, I believe. Yep. So come say hi to Sean. Come see his buck. 
come book a hunt with Spencer. Um, and most of all, come buy some gear and uh, come say hi. Catch you guys on the next one.